0: Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing Journeys Today, and we're going to talk about faith. And I paused because I'm allowing that word for you to see what kind of reaction that word faith creates in you. And don't don't turn the channel. (laughs) Don't click off the video. This is good news. This is the good news about faith today. But I'm sure many of you. Might have rolled your eyes, might have said, great, another teaching on faith. Um, And maybe you've even given out a sigh of exhaustion. And I I bet that's where a lot of you are right now, that faith just seems like something so daunting, so unattainable, um, that that you've exhausted yourself trying to figure this thing of of faith out. Well, I'm going to share with you today the good news about faith. Um, faith never was intended to be something frustrating, something hard. I mean, Jesus told people that it was their faith that healed them. Jesus told us that if we could just have faith, we could have whatever we say. Faith is how we receive every one of the promises of God. The word of faith, the word faith should promote joy in you it shouldn't create frustration and anxiety and disappointment so we're gonna start remember this is the good news we're gonna start with hebrews 11 1 and we're gonna look at the biblical definition of faith because that's always a great place to start hebrews 11 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for And it is the evidence of things not seen. Guys, faith is real. It is evidence. It is substance. And it is the substance and evidence of the things that you can't see, but that do exist. Let me say that again because it's really important. Faith is the substance and evidence of things that you can't see, but that do exist some people have mistakenly thought that faith is believing in something that isn't real or believing something is real when it really isn't okay faith is believing that something is real when it really isn't and if we believe long enough and hard enough then it will become real But that is not accurate. There are spiritual realities that do exist. They just exist in a realm that we can't see or perceive with our five human senses. So to say that something doesn't really exist just because you can't see, feel, hear, taste, or touch it is is actually irrational. Um, You know, you can't see television signals, you can't see radio waves, but they do exist. And all you have to do to receive those signals is to either plug in a TV and turn it on or plug in a radio and turn it on. And then what exists in a realm that you can't see comes into a realm that you can see and you can hear. It becomes physical proof that something in the unseen realm does exist. But think about this, when you see the television or when you hear the radio waves, that's not when they become real. They are real even before that. It just existed in a realm that you couldn't see. Father actually showed me this when I was in the midst of my healing journey. Um, I was believing for healing. I was getting sicker, getting sicker, getting sicker, not understanding why, but but seeking him with all of my heart. And um, one day at my sickest, I was in the car. We were on our way to Georgia. It was a three-day drive, okay? It was a long drive when I was not feeling well at all. And one night I'm just kind of laying back, we're in the car and we're driving at night and I'm laying back and I look up and there's a partial moon in the sky. And God says to me, he says, just because you don't see it, the whole moon, just because you can't see the full moon right now, doesn't mean that it's not there. Think about that for a second, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, nobody can convince me that just because I can't see the moon in its fullness doesn't mean that the whole thing isn't there. Just because I can't, nobody could convince me otherwise that there wasn't a full moon up in the sky. You know, you relate that to your healing at that time. I I don't think there was any moon at all in the sky when it came to my, my healing, right? I was sicker than I had ever been, but God was telling me just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Healing is there. It's there. Everything that Jesus had provided for you in healing is already there. It's already in you. It does exist, but it exists in the spiritual form, right? That you can't perceive with your human senses. Every everything that you need for life and godliness is already in your born again spirit. It is very very it is just as real as this cup that I'm holding, right? healing, freedom, prosperity, all of it exists on the inside of you in spirit form, in the spirit realm. You have to believe that these things exist. You're not trying to create healing. You're not trying to conjure up healing. Your faith becomes the receiver. Your faith becomes turning on the TV or turning on the radio that takes what is already true in the spirit realm and makes it physically manifest in the natural realm hebrews 11 1 faith gives substance to what you hope for it's what brings what you're believing for into your reality you know i believe in a lot of cases that faith is is really why people aren't able to receive but probably not for the reason that you think i hear people all the time say i must not have enough faith because i'm not seeing any change in my body or i don't have enough faith to believe for healing from this or i don't have enough faith to get me out of this situation and i truly cringe Whenever I hear a believer tell another believer that, well, if your faith is strong enough, you wouldn't be dealing with this right now. If you had faith, you wouldn't have allergies. You wouldn't have cold. You wouldn't have this cough. You wouldn't have caught COVID if you had faith. All of these statements are completely untrue. They are lies. The problem isn't that you don't have enough faith or that you need stronger faith. It's that you don't think you have enough faith or you don't think that you have stronger faith. And because you don't think that you have enough faith or stronger, strong enough faith, you are constantly chasing after more faith, stronger faith. How do I build my faith? You're trying to constantly get something that you already have, like a dog chasing its tail. It already has the tail, but it feels like it needs to, it just keeps going round and round and round. And you might feel like you're going round and round and round the same mountain. But you already have faith. And if the enemy can keep you focused on trying to get more of something that you already have, then he can keep you from focusing on what is really keeping you from receiving healing, and that's the unbelief that counters your faith. Now, I like to think about faith and unbelief like on a balanced scale, okay, where um, you have a scale on either side. So envision it in your mind that when you put more weight on one side, right, it lowers on that side, and when you take the weight off again, it raises, okay? So let's think about faith and unbelief being the two opposing sides of the scale. And um, the amount of faith you have remains the same. And we're gonna, we're gonna look at that, but it's the unbelief on the other side that causes the, the variation. So as you think about the things of this world, or you think about what people have said or what the doctors say, what's happening? That unbelief side is outweighing the faith that you have. More weight added to the unbelief side is going to lead to the unbelief carrying more weight. That was kind of a pun. Anyway, so this will make your faith ineffective and inactive. Now, if you do the reverse of that, if you stop looking at the things of the world, you start meditating on the things of God, the weight of unbelief comes off and eventually the faith you have will outweigh the unbelief and it will become Active, it will become effective, your faith, even if it's a mustard seed. If you have a speck of dust on this side, it's going to out, and you have no unbelief on this side, then it is going to outweigh that other side. So it doesn't matter how much faith you have. If you have a truckload of faith and you have a truckload of unbelief, your faith isn't going to work. If you have a mustard side seed of faith and you have a mustard side seed of, of unbelief, your faith is not going to work. So, I want to focus on this question today. Do you have enough faith right now to receive the healing that you're believing for? Do you have enough faith right now to receive? Honest answer 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 honestly do you have enough faith to receive? And I'm not going to keep you in suspense because I hate it when people say I'm going to give you the answer and then a half hour later you're still waiting. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. You have all the faith that you need right now in order to receive healing from anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's incurable. It doesn't matter if it's Genetic, it doesn't matter if the doctors say go home, you're going to die in three days It does not matter. You have enough faith right now to receive the healing that you need for your body And I can answer this so confidently because the word tells us that we have the faith that we need to receive So let's start in Ephesians 2 verse 8 Let's see it in the word, because I don't want you to take my word for it. You might be skeptical right now, but I'm going to show you in the word, because you can argue with me, but you can't argue with the (laughs) word. Oh, Okay, sorry. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. So, verse 8 is saying two things here. It's saying, one, that your salvation is not of yourself. For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves. But it is also saying that the faith that we use to receive salvation, sozo, complete healing, prosperity, freedom, is also not of ourselves. It is a gift of God through faith, and that not of ourselves. So before you get this supernatural kind of faith, and I'm going to show you where this supernatural kind of faith comes, when when you get it, and and how much you get, okay. So before this, all you have is your human faith, and and human faith only relies on your five senses. So if you can see, hear, smell, taste, or touch it, you can have faith in it with your human senses. When I sat down on this chair, I saw the chair, I felt the chair, I had faith that the chair was going to hold me up. But the faith to be born again, right, to believe in something that you can't see, salvation, to believe that a man you never knew hung on a cross and died for you and took every sin and sickness in his body, that that same man died and was laid in a grave and laid there for three days and was raised to life again. That takes the God kind of faith. That takes God's faith. And Ephesians 2.8 tells you that that kind of faith is God's gift to you. So then the question might be, when do you receive this gift of supernatural God kind of faith? Well, let's look at Romans 10, verse 7 for that answer. Romans 10 excuse me, verse 17. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You get this gift of supernatural faith the moment you hear the gospel message. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Saving faith comes when you hear the message about Jesus, the message about Christ. That faith that you're given then enables you to believe that message. And then it's your choice whether or not to accept the finished work of Christ that has been preached to you. So faith is a gift and you receive it and you keep it when you hear the gospel message. This God kind of faith doesn't leave you either after you're born again. You keep it. It stays with you because God's faith is a fruit of the spirit that has been born on the on the inside of you and your born again spirit. And you can see that in Galatians 5.22, where it lists the gifts of the spirit. But you never lose this supernatural faith. You just have to renew your mind to the fact that you did receive it, you do have it, it's already in you, and then you have to learn how to use what you already have. So after you hear the gospel message, you accept Christ and you receive this free gift of supernatural God kind of faith, then how much do you get? Well, let's look at Romans 12. Just flip the page. Romans 12, verse 3. Romans 12, 3 says, for I say, through the Uh, grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, there is quite a bit of debate here among biblical scholars of whether it's the measure of faith or a measure of faith or whether it's just measure of faith. But to me, I think it's just semantics and I don't think it matters. And, and here's why. Because Romans 2 verse 11 says that God is no respecter of persons. God isn't going to give one person a mountain sized or a truckload full of faith and give somebody else faith this this size of a speck of dust. He's just not going to do it. You know, imagine you're in line for your faith and the guy in front of you walks up and you hear beep, beep beep and that's truck backing up just in case you don't know so the truck is backing up and he gets truckload after truckload after truckload of faith dumped on him so you're stepping up thinking you're going to get the same thing and the guy tells you to hold out your hand and you hold out your hand and he puts a tiny little thing in there it's not going to happen it just won't happen I also don't believe that God is going to make promises to us in his word that have to be received by faith. And all of the promises have to be received by faith, right? And then not give us what we need to receive them. Not give us enough faith to receive them. That would be like uh, dangling a piece of turkey out in front of Gunther, right? Dangling that out in front of him. And no matter how hard he runs, no matter how hard he tries, he's not able to get that turkey, what was promised him, because he doesn't have what he needs. Not giving us enough faith... To receive would be like God saying, well, here's this gift of healing for you, but I'm going to keep it just out of your reach until you work hard enough, until you do enough, until you read enough, until you pray enough, until you do this. Because you really have to work for the faith in order to get healing. It's just not true. You didn't have to work for healing to get saved. You didn't have to work for healing to receive forgiveness of sins. And healing is just a part of that package. He gave you heal. He gave you faith so that you could receive everything that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. He gave you the faith to receive healing. Why do you think faith to receive healing is uh, uh, you or why do you think you need more faith to receive healing than you did to be saved? Doesn't it take more faith to believe that somebody you didn't know died on a cross for you and now all of your sins are forgiven and you can have this amazing relationship with the creator of the universe? Doesn't it take more faith to believe that? than it does to believe for, for a cold to go or uh, an ingrown toenail to be healed or, or I, I don't know, but does it, it doesn't make sense, does it? So why do we think we have to work so hard? Why do we think we have to grow our faith? We need more faith. We're not doing something right when receiving forgiveness was so easy. It was so easy to believe. That Jesus died for us. That, he, that God sent his son for us. It's so easy. This is the way faith should be for everything. Hallelujah. God wants you to win, right? He is all about you succeeding. He is all about you walking in health. And he has done everything that he can possibly do to set you up for success, and especially by giving you the faith to receive it. So I want to look in the Bible at a couple of instances of faith, okay? This first one is in 2 Peter 1. This is an example of the faith that you have right now. First Peter is after Hebrews and James, but we're going to Second Peter. Psyche. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, jesus christ that term like precious faith means equal to okay to those who have obtained equal faith with me through the righteousness of god so who is he talking to here those who have received the promise okay um excuse me who is he talking to Put most simply, it's anyone who believes on Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we have been made the righteousness of Christ through Christ Jesus. We have been made righteous through Christ Jesus. So this verse is talking to any believer who has accepted Christ. Because any believer who has accepted Christ has been made righteous through Christ. To you, let's read this again. I, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to you that have equal faith with me through the righteousness of God in Christ. This verse is talking to you. It's saying that if you are born again, you have faith of equal value, equal weight, equal strength to his. You have The same faith as Peter. So let's see what Peter did with his faith. Because since you have the same faith as Peter, what Peter did, you have the faith to do also. So turn back to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine. This is the story of Tabitha. And she was a woman that was highly loved and respected, okay? And she died. So the people called for Peter because Peter was close to her. So they called for Peter. So that's where we're going to pick up. Uh, we're going to look at verses 39 through 41. Acts 9, 39 through 41. Then Peter arose and went with them, the people that had told him Tabitha was dead. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and, and that's where she was laid. And all of the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas or Tabitha had made while she was with them. Verse 40 But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turned to the body, said, Tabitha, arise and she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up and when he had called the saints and widows presented her alive notice the first thing he did he comes into the upper room and all of these women are uh, or all of the people there are wailing, and they're grieving, and they're mourning the loss of of Tabitha. They're, They're showing him all of the things that she had done for them. They are grieving her. They're mourning. So what did Peter do? Verse 40, the first thing he did was he put them all out of the room. Why? He's shutting out the unbelief. Here, you got the weeping and the wailing, right? He shut them all out. Why? So that his faith Could work so that his faith could raise this woman from the dead. So Peter put out the unbelief. He spoke what he believed. He acted on what he believed. And what was the result of his faith? His faith gave substance to, brought from the spirit realm into the the physical realm. Faith gave substance to what he believed and what he spoke, and it raised a woman from the dead. Do you remember what we just read? 2 Peter 1.1. You have equal faith to Peter. You have raised the dead faith on the inside of you right now. Let's look at another example of Peter in Matthew 14. What else did Peter do? Oh, he's so famous for this. I love Peter. I I can't wait to get to heaven and meet Peter. Okay, Matthew 14. So, disciples are out in the boat. They're rowing, 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 rowing. uh, And Jesus comes walking to them on the sea. And that's where we're going to pick up. Jesus had just said in verse 27, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. So. In this account, most people just like to focus on the fact that Peter sunk, right? He took his eyes off Jesus and he sunk. But I want to focus on the fact instead that Peter's faith enabled him to get out of the boat in the middle of a storm and walk on water. Come on, the guy sunk, but he walked on water it's the same thing. Here we are again. Jesus says, come. Peter is just fixed. His eyes are just fixed on Jesus, right? He has faith. He's focused on Jesus. He's walking towards Jesus. He heard, he heard the voice of Jesus to say, come. He's listening. And then what happens? Here comes that unbelief. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He starts looking at the wind. He starts looking at the waves. And all of a sudden, that faith that raised a woman from the dead, that allowed him to walk on water, enabled him to walk on water, now is not so effective. Why? Because the unbelief of his circumstances around him have made it ineffective. And you know, you might have experienced this in in your healing journey. That you start to, you are focused on God's word. You are focused, focused, focused that unbelief because you aren't, you aren't giving any attention to this unbelief. It's losing, sorry, wrong way. It's losing its, its grip on you. But then maybe maybe even though you're feeling better, you get a negative doctor's report, okay? And that negative doctor's report, all of a sudden, it's like, man, my faith isn't so effective. I still have this. And you start focusing on that thing. And all of a sudden, your faith is not ineffective, where if you will just stay focused on God's word, that healing will come. That faith will give substance to what you're hoping for, what you're believing for, what you're putting your faith in. Hallelujah. So, Peter says that you have like precious faith. You have equal faith. You have as strong faith. You have faith exactly like his. And he raised a woman from the dead and he walked on the water. I want to look at one more example of what Jesus says a tiny little bit of faith can do. So, let's go to Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 6. And Jesus said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. He's talking to a sycamine tree. We're not talking to a little seedling here with just a little sprout coming out the ground. We are talking about a sycamine tree. And the reason this is significant is because sycamine trees have have extremely deep roots. And they are very, very, very hard to pull out. In manual labor okay so he's saying that just a tiny amount of faith can uproot this sycamine tree true a tiny amount of faith can split the red sea a tiny amount of faith can speak to the cancer in your body and say go in jesus name and believe that it's done and see it come to pass Because what you're believing for is what your faith gives substance to. Now, in this passage, I find it really interesting that in verse 5, the apostles had asked Jesus to increase their faith. Okay? And Jesus' response declared that they didn't need more faith. They needed to use what they have. The disciples cry out, increase our faith. And Jesus says, use what you've already got. Peter, you can walk on water. Peter, you've raised the dead. You don't need more faith. Use what you have, right? And I think Jesus is saying that to us today. You don't need to ask me for more faith. Your faith is sufficient to receive right now. You just have to know how to use what you have. Stop trying to get something that you already have. Let's look at Matthew 17 20. Matthew 1720 is the account of the demon-possessed boy. And you know this story. The father brought the boy to the disciples, and they couldn't cast the they couldn't cast the demon out. They couldn't heal this boy, so they brought him to Jesus. So Jesus heals them and later in private because I'm sure they were embarrassed but hey this is a good lesson for all of you out there if you pray for somebody and they're not getting healed or you're not seeing healing operating in your life a great question is to ask God hey why why didn't this work why didn't healing why didn't healing work and then expect God to show you so What does Jesus say? Um, We are looking at Matthew 17, verse 20. This is his response to the disciples of why they couldn't cast the demon out. He says, because of your unbelief, not you need more faith, not you need to exercise your faith more, not you need to run around the uh, sycamine tree 12 times and... um, speak this out 12 times a day, because, not because, you know, because you didn't do all these things that I told you to do. He says, no, it's because of your unbelief. Didn't have anything to do with what they were doing. They were following Jesus. You, you couldn't follow him literally any more closer than the disciples did. It didn't have anything to do with their faith. It had everything to do with the unbelief. It had everything to do with the fact that this boy threw himself on the ground and started foaming at the mouth and was violently shaking and jerking. And it was the unbelief that were caused by what they see. And Jesus confirms this here in Matthew seventeen twenty, I'm Getting a little excited. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, you couldn't cast him out. For verily I say unto you. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove yourself to another place and it shall move and nothing shall be impossible for you. It was because of their unbelief. It had nothing to do with their faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which you do, because the measure God gave you was enough, right? Then you can command the mountain to move and you can expect it to move. You can command the tree to uproot it to be uprooted and it will uproot itself nothing will be impossible to you you can speak to the cancer and see it go you can speak to the lupus and say it go you can see it go you can speak to the back problems and neck pain and knee pain and hip pain and joint pain and inflammation and rash and you can speak to these things and tell them to go and they will If you have a mustard side seed of faith, which you do, it's that unbelief that comes from what we see and what we feel. But we have this backwards. We think that we need a mountain full of faith in order to move a mustard seed when it's just the opposite. All you need is a mustard seed size of faith to move the mountain. You have all of the faith that you need right now to see your mountain move. With a tiny amount of pure faith, you can receive every single thing that God has promised you in his word. A hundred percent guaranteed because that's what his word says. So you received the gift Of supernatural faith when you heard the gospel message and you believed on Jesus you have like precious faith with Peter you have raised the dead faith you have walk on water faith you have move the mountain faith you have the faith that you need right now to receive everything that you are believing for. And you say, well, I don't feel like I have raised the dead faith. I don't feel like I can believe for this. Do you remember in the beginning where we talked about human faith, faith that's created by your five senses? Well, feeling is one of those five senses. Trying to use your human faith To believe for something spiritual doesn't work. You cannot base your faith on feelings. You can't base, well, I feel like I'm strong in faith today, so I'm going to receive, versus, ooh, I am lacking in faith today. I I am not seeing any results. It just doesn't work that way. And the only way that that will change for you to stop relying on your human faith and start relying on your God-given faith is in Romans 12:2 renewing your mind to the truth that says that you have the same faith as Peter renewing your mind reading the scriptures, okay, reading the scriptures that we just went over. Take these scriptures, read through them. See yourself walking on the water. See yourself raising that woman woman from the dead. Speak those scriptures out loud. When you read them, you see them with your human sense of sight. When you speak them out loud, you hear them with your human sense of hearing. This is one way to start doing this with your faith. And once you get that that gift of faith, it is it is a part of you. You can't lose it. It never shrivels up and dies. God will never take it away. Romans 5:22 says that one of the fruits of the spirit is faith. Now notice it says that it is a fruit of the spirit. It isn't a fruit of your works, okay? You can't produce faith by your works. Your works, your faith will produce your works. But I want to focus on this. It's a fruit of the Spirit, it's not a fruit of the work. That means that the Spirit is on the inside of you that faith is inside of you, that the Spirit is producing that faith in unending supply. So even right now, you have a miracle-working supply of faith on the inside of you, regardless if you feel it or not. Now, Jesus does talk about... I hear, get this question online. Jesus does talk about great faith, little faith, oh ye of no faith, you know, those types of things. That What he's talking about is the extent that people use the faith that they have. Faith is truly like a muscle. Everybody is born with the same amount of muscles, okay? they But some people have bigger muscles, some people have stronger muscles, and it's only based on one thing. It's because they work out. They lift weights. It's not because they have different or more muscles. It's because they work them, they exercise them, they use them more and faith is exactly the same way you have faith muscles but you have to work your faith muscle and how do you do that you start with something small start with a start with a little cut on your finger and believe that God's word says i am healed and observe the healing process right start with you got a sniffle coming on speak against that thing start with something small you know david didn't go kill goliath right away he killed a lion and a bear first he had some experience he had some practice stand on the word that says your body is healed and reject the symptoms in your body. Put his word over what you're seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling, touching, whatever it is. Choose to believe his word over everything else. Choose to believe that his word is the truth and everything else is a lie, including what you perceive with your five senses. So here's two quick how-to's of exercising your faith in a a nutshell, okay? This is how you can start exercising the faith that you have. First of all, use your imagination to see what you're believing for. Let it become what you see when you close your eyes. Let it become what you see when you open your eyes. Let it become as real to you as what you are experiencing in your physical body. Let what you see in the spirit realm be as real to you as what you see in the physical realm. This is possible, guys. It takes. It takes time. It takes medication, meditation. That was a. That was a slip. Okay. It takes time and it takes meditation, okay? You have to think about it. Close your eyes, see what you wanna see. See yourself picking up your kids. See yourself running again. See yourself driving again. What do you want to see? What are you believing for? Well, then start to see it because faith is a substance of things hoped for. And that word hope, part of that word means imagination. Faith is what you imagine. Faith is what you can see in the spirit realm. Remember I said that those things in the spirit realm are real. They are there. They have to just be brought forth by that faith on the inside of you. So see it. See yourself healed. See yourself whole. See yourself taking that CAT scan and there not being a thing there. See yourself taking the x-rays and your spine is completely straight what are you believing for start to see it let that let that overtake you let that become your reality let it become what you speak let it be what you see when you close your eyes at night let it be something so much so that you start to dream about you start to dream about it so that's the first thing that's the first how-to of how you can begin to exercise your faith. And the second thing is always let the word resonate through your thoughts instead of what you're perceiving with your physical senses. Whenever a thought comes that's that's brought on by a pain or a, a negative word spoken over you or what it, whatever it is, rein that thought in and coat it with God's word. Crush it. With God's word consistently. It takes practice. It takes exercise. It takes determination. It takes commitment. Healing takes commitment, guys. You have to be committed to this, you have to be committed to His word. And as you do these things, your faith just starts to outweigh that unbelief because you're not going the other way again because you're not focusing on the physical senses, you're focusing on the spiritual. So this question of do I have enough faith right now to receive every single promise of God, do I have enough faith to receive healing, should by all of you viewing be answered now with a resounding yes, I have faith. I have all the faith that I need to be healed of whatever it is that you are dealing with right now. And now as you as you accept that as you believe that as you as you meditate on that then your focus needs to be on the unbelief. That's that's the true enemy. That's the true hindrance. I believe in almost every every person that doesn't get healed, I I truly believe that unbelief is the majority cause of that hindrance. So I want you to repeat this declaration after me. Are you ready? I have all the faith I need right now. Say that. I have all the faith I need right now to receive everything I'm believing for, and I will no longer be deceived by the enemy telling me any different. I recognize and I choose to use the faith that I have right now. Amen. Hallelujah, guys. That really should, that, that really should help some of you. For some of you that have been raised in that faith is a works thing and you have to get more and more and do more and do more. It's just not, it's just not true. You have everything that you need right now to receive that healing. So I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to close today. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for these that are, that are watching I thank you Father, that, that as I spoke, that the words that I spoke were spirit and they were life, that they went out and they impacted those that are that are listening. I thank you Father, that false teachings have been have been shattered, that walls are coming down, that even now people are receiving healing in their bodies as they realize that they have the faith that they need to receive. If that is you, I want you just to receive that healing that you've been believing for. Think you have faith to receive right now. Receive what you need right now in Jesus' name. I speak healing and blessing over each one of you, the things that were spoken. Father, if I called them out during this teaching, that that was you, Father. That was you connecting with people saying you can be healed of cancer. You can be healed from thyroid issues. You can be healed from hip, hip pain, knee pain, uh, 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 joint pain. You can be healed from all of these things. Kidney issues, ingrown toenails. Wounds that won't heal, I command you to heal in Jesus' name. Immune systems that have shut off, I command you to turn on and do what you're supposed to do in Jesus' name. Rotator cuff injuries, you be healed in Jesus' name. You have free range of motion with no pain in Jesus' name. Those of you who have tests coming up on on Monday. And this can apply for for anyone, not just for those listening today. But if you have a test coming up in the next day or so, you go in fully expecting, fully expecting, no doubt, that those lab tests, that those CTs, that those MRIs, that those X-rays... That those sonograms, they are coming back normal in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your healing power. And I thank you for the faith that you gave us to receive every single one of your promises of healing. That healing is for us. That faith is ours. That we have raised the dead faith. That we have walk on the water faith. That we have part the Red Sea faith on the inside of us right now. Father, I thank you that the eyes of their those listening, uh, the eyes of their understanding are, are enlightened, that their ears have been opened, and that there is a hope on the inside of them that grows, God. Father, I thank you for those listening. I speak blessing and favor, abundant blessing and abundant favor over them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome, guys. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah three five says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.